For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Dude, we got three mats here today. It's going to be a good one. We got three red mats. For our, our, <laughs> three our, reds? Uh, yeah, three mats wearing red under armor polos today. So it's, uh, I guess we're Just- all representing the brand pretty well. This week, sign of the apocalypse is upon us. It's too many mats. <laughs> Dude, this this man needs no uh, introduction, although he's uh, one of my, my roommates in a bunch of different ways, has seen way too much. I've already tried to tell him anything between PG and NC-17, so we have no idea where this is going to go. Also, if you got Shabert, Mark Bell, and me in a room, it could be a disaster, and a lot of things <laughs> will get broken, just like our, our apartment did. Um, yeah. But Matt Shabert, man, thank you for uh, for coming on and joining us today. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I of think course. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe, maybe I'm looking forward to it. I said that I was going to gonna tell some stories, but I think I'm going to be able to be reserved. You might drag a few out of me, and then it's going to be all on you. All right. Well, before we get into these stories, there's going to be a lot of them that I am looking forward to. Uh, we want to remind you guys that we are presented by our title sponsor, betonline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college football, esports, golf, you name it, they're over there at betonline.ag, where they continue to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, to futures, and more. So head on over to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join to make your first sports bet. Um, and use our promo code Believe fifty. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are going to start, Matt Shabert, back in Elgin, Illinois. Back all the way back there, huh? All the way back there. <laughs> Yeah, right. let, 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 let's go back to uh, uh, to the pre-camp Randall days. So uh, what is, uh, Bernie, I'll let you ask the first question. Well, you always I, ask I know the- we have a lot, and I know a lot of people are going to want to hear the stories from college <laughs> and literally shapes. We have so many experiences together. Like it's absolutely, like now that I'm thinking back before, dude, you were there on my recruiting visit. I like was, I was there I, for that. We lost, we lost my recruit. <laughs> Well, we we did not. I did, but he was having a good time, and to say the least, he ended up 
committing to us. So I think it was all a win-win. So there we go. It's all good. But let's talk about, like, what's Little Shaves doing? How'd you – let's go quick, but, like, how'd you get into football? Were you a quarterback always? And then what got you to Wisconsin? And who else was, like, part of that group? Did you really just tell me, let's be quick? Like, <laughs> the only thing I do well is talk until I think of something to say. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But, um, no, I grew up uh, down in Elgin, and I had a dad who was a football coach. Um Played football in high school, played baseball. Uh, he'd coached all sorts of different sports. He'd done track and field. He'd done softball. Um, and he just kind of let me find my own path. Um, I was always a ball boy on the sidelines for games. Um, there's videos of me when I was probably six or seven years old, kicking field goals after games and running around, imagining myself on our, our home field back home. And um, <clears throat> that was kind of my first introduction to it and always, always had fun with it. Um, about fourth grade, the fourth grade, fifth grade, just in the summer, I walked up to dad. I said, Hey dad, I want to play football now. And the only thing he told me was, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I want to go play. She said, all right. So we went out, tried out how uh, we were called the bears. And of course we're near Chicago. So of course that was perfect for me. And I love that. Uh, I managed to play one whole game at quarterback my first year and then played tight end and linebacker. Uh, the next year I managed to play two whole games at quarterback, then managed to play, uh, defensive end and linebacker. Uh, and then, um, in seventh and eighth grade, uh, we had a traveling team, uh, seventh grade, we ended up going all the way to the Midwest regional championships for pop Warner. Back then they only took one team at the time from your region. And I think they ended up taking a team from Hinsdale or, or Naperville, one of the two. Um, and then the next year they opened that up and said, if you keep winning, you keep going. So, uh, fun fact, in eighth grade, we went down to Orlando. We played in the Pop Warner National Championship. Uh, the year we went, they had microphones. NFL Films was there. They had all the big guns out. They interviewed a bunch of NFL guys. They spliced that all together. Uh, and the weekend before the Super Bowl that year, they, they showed our game. Uh, we were lucky enough to come out and play a team from Danbury, Connecticut, beat them. Um, <clears throat> and then that was just kind of the, the football bug. You know, you're, you're young, you start playing, you get into it. Um, you have a little bit of success and, and then, uh, you know, dad really started to buy into it then being the high school coach at, at Larkin high school, where, um, I was eventually going to go, um, ended up as a freshman playing with the sophomores, sophomores playing on the varsity, uh, and then was lucky enough to end up at university of Wisconsin. So it was quite a long run. Uh, we saw a few badgers along the way. Uh, I don't like to admit, but our senior year, we got knocked out of the playoffs by neighborville central. Uh, junior quarterback that year for them was Owen Daniels. So not only did he knock me out of that, uh, he also broke my squat record at Wisconsin once before he got moved to tight end. So it was, it was a rough go. Owen, Owen had my number for a while, but uh, I think he ended up where he meant to be. And, and obviously he had a great career at, at Wisconsin playing tight end and in the NFL as well. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, it, it was a great run getting to play for my dad. There were some, some, struggles being the coach's kid and all that. But, um, you know, he would, he would also teach me a lot coming home and watching film. And I was able just to pick up a bunch over the years from him. And uh, that really helped me with my future. And then you, were you, um, the quarterback the whole time? Yeah. Once I got to seventh grade, I was quarterback all the way through. Um, and I ended up with 16. The funny story about number 16 is, uh, that was the year that, um, Joe Montana who was big Isle of mine ended up going to Kansas city. Um, and he was 19 there. And I really, really, really wanted 19 in seventh grade. And they ended up giving me 16. I said, okay, well, it's his old number. I'll, I guess I'll go with that. And so I was lucky enough to keep that through junior high, through high school, and then at Wisconsin. Uh, although I did run into uh, uh, Guido 
And uh, I came on a recruiting trip and I said, Hey, Chris Godorzi. He said, yeah. And I said, I'm Matt Shaver. I'm recruiting. I'm going to be playing quarterback next year. He goes, Oh, great. I said, yeah, it's great. We're going to be sharing the same number. And he gave me a death stare. He didn't want, he didn't want a quarterback wearing his number. So uh, I kind of slunk away and, and made my way into the background and thanked him for his time and tried to stay away from after that. But that was my first experience of, of coming to, to, you know, the, the, big fish in a small pond and then get into Wisconsin, you realize there's a lot of solid athletes up and down the board. And, um, you know, you knew when you walked in day one that you were there to work and, and coach Alvarez was going to get the most out of you. Who was, on, who was, um, who else was on the board? Like was Wisconsin your top choice, but <clears throat> growing up, there must've been other universities you were interested in. Yeah. So I, it was funny. The, the very first recruiting letter I ever got was from Wisconsin basketball. Um, when I was a freshman, I was playing with the sophomores and then played in a few JV games. And it was one of those form letters where it's just photocopying and sent out, but you know, they were seeing a freshman playing with the varsity and they try to get a head start and, and, and recruit. And then I didn't play after that. Um, and then the first real one I got one was from Penn state, my sophomore year. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we had, we, we talked to a lot of Midwest schools. I was a very good student in high school and really want to go somewhere that had the academics as well. Um, so spent a lot of trips at Northwestern, um, Miami of Ohio is a real big one for us. Um, we only lived about 35 minutes from Northern Illinois. Uh, there was a coach there, Mike Sabach, great guy. He was, he was always coming in and, and obviously with my dad looking for recruits and stuff like that. And uh, he called me at 12.01 in the morning, the very first day, you know, that first day they can call you and start offering you and they call and my dad's like, what? He's like, let me talk to him. I said, all right, coach. Yeah. If you're off your scholarship. All right. Thanks. I'm going to bed now. He's like, okay, go to bed. All right. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, just kind of looked all around and, um, went out to some camps at Stanford, uh, received letters from three, four Ivy league schools every day at school. Um, so those were up on the list, but there was, there was just something about Wisconsin. That was when we had started to hit our stride and we had those two Rose bowls and, you know, you're close enough to home that you, you still feel that you can get back and forth and see family, but it's just far enough away where you could lead your own life. And, um, the basketball team was doing well, and it was kind of that first step up. Uh, of many, uh, which we're still going right now. Um, and they really got on the map. And I remember going to the, the Ball State game when Coach Alvarez offered me my my scholarship. And we went home that night. And my dad said, if you want to go there, then go there. And he said, don't don't overthink it. And so Sunday morning, I called up and told him I was coming. And I didn't tell Northwestern that. Northwestern called me mad when they found out later. But I don't care anymore because I think I, I chose the right one and I had a wonderful experience. And I mean, anybody that knows Wisconsin knows that the athletics and the academics are there. So it's a heck of a combination. Dude, academics and athletics, you excelled in the social arena. What what is what is a, a Matt Shaver in high school like? Because that's the only time period I didn't know you. And then I knew you in college. So was there did you flip a switch to become like <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more? I don't know how to say like outrageous, more and more energetic. Uh, I had a, so my, my best friend back home, Alex offer always knew my, my trigger. And it was, he would start a sentence with, I dare you. And so whenever he said that, usually whatever followed wasn't good. We were big, uh, like WWF guys in high school and we would sneak away during our gym classes. And of course I knew the school cause my dad taught there and we would have our own little mini wrestling matches in like the gymnastics or wrestling rooms. My dad would catch us and open the door and look at us and just tell us we were you know, idiots and I'm like, oh, yeah. now I look back, I'm like, probably, but you know, at the time it was fun. I was always around older people, um, you know, with the coaching, my dad would, after the games, all the coaches would get together and I'd, I'd hang out with the adults and just talk to them about 
about regular stuff and then they treat you as an adult and, and they incorporate you in conversation. I just got real comfortable around people of all ages. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, being a freshman playing on sophomore, sophomore playing on varsity, you're around everybody of different ages and you just kind of figure out where you fit in. And Elgin was, was good, you know, had a lot of fun. Um, I was terrible. I think I only went to, uh, and this is embarrassing to say, but I, uh, I never went to, I never wanted to go to any of the, the high school dances, like prom and all that stuff. So I didn't want to ask a girl to go and have her say no. <laughs> so if there was ever one thing that just scared me to death. It was asking a girl out to a, a dance or something and have her saying no. Uh, I still have that. And now that I'm married, I don't have to do that anymore. Thank God. You know, Anne, she's a wonderful girl. She's she wonderful. Up with a lot of my stuff. She's wonderful because she I puts up know, with you. I don't know how she does it. I know. I know. <clears throat> we showed up to a dance in Wife Beaters um at the at granger with um what was the sorority Bernie, we Bernie, i don't think we can with. say i don't think we can use that term anymore i don't i, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, I know exactly your, what you're saying uh, yeah i don't like i don't think we can use that term tank top, tank top undershirt undershirt yeah, yeah, a undershirt. shirt i think it's sorry a, it's i didn't know that was i didn't know yeah that was that, out. That, that's been uh that's been out for like 10 years dude you, you, you learn something new every day i'm sorry for anyone Good. who still wears always get better exactly that's what we're here for it's just a friendly reminder just a friendly reminder um we did definitely show up in those tight. It was like black pants and tight black. Um, I have a picture of it somewhere. Please don't. I mean, I don't I'm almost going to pay you to get that shirt back. <laughs> I, I, I need that picture back. I need to pay it. No. I have a standing. We had a standing invitation to all the sorority, like semi-formals. Because we, we were just, we were all just, and it wasn't, a, it was just, we were all so fun. We were always outgoing. I mean. The group we were around, we just wanted to have fun. And, you know, with, with football and, and school, it, the window of times where you could just let loose and be a student uh, were so small that when you got those opportunities, you had to take the most of them. And I think we did, <laughs> to say the least. Every time you talk, <laughs> something new pops in. Dude, we went to my first Friday after class is when you, like, jumped on that car. And then we went to Burger King and you slept in Owen Daniels' bed at the Towers. <clears throat> Allegedly. Allegedly, that happened. <laughs> I don't remember this one. I know you don't remember it. I hardly remember it. Were you, were you with us when Tony put the $20 bill in the jukebox at FAC? Probably. He, he put a $20 bill in and played like Rump Shaker like 47 straight times. We were able to go home, shower, get dressed, and get ready Come for us. We came back and it was still playing. I'm like, at what point does someone not just unplug the <laughs> See the faces of everybody inside just dying. Dude, James, I, real quick, the only last question, who was your, what was your, like, your, um, your trip to Madison? I forget what it's called, your visit. And who was your, like, person that took you around? We, uh, I had Scott Cavanaugh. Okay. Who was a senior, yeah. He was a senior. Um, the first night we, we went out, the best part, we went out with a guy from Oklahoma, this big linebacker, thought he could out-party everybody. I think we sent him home at, like, 1030. Like, he was done for. He was out. Um, but we ended up, it was kind of like the old death marches, you know, where you, you go and it's, you know, one guy's the main focus, but by the end of the night, everybody's just having a good time together. And, um, we ended up meeting up with like, uh, Brooks and Sorge and I got to meet a few of the quarterbacks. I think Scott Willie came by. Um, <clears throat> I needed to use the back door of, of Wando's. I don't know if anybody still remembers this. There's that back door right by the bathrooms. I needed, I needed that late at the end of the night, uh, just to, just to make a, an escape like Kaiser Soze. I need to get out of there, man. Uh, but I remember going back to the hotel and at the concourse, you might remember, they might have still had these. It's it's late. You've had fun in Madison. <clears throat> you get to your room and I walk in and on the bed is this big box 
like a 14 by 14 box. I'm like, I'm going to smash this pizza. And I open it up and it's a huge cookie with the W logo and like your name and number on and all that. And my first reaction was to be completely mad. And I'm like, why is there not a pizza in this? And then I stopped and I realized that I've got a 14 inch cookie to eat. And I think I made it through like half of it before, (laughs) which made the academic talk the next morning absolutely worthless and everybody's just eyeing the doors looking for fresh air or the closest garbage can just in case you needed it but that was we had a blast and then the second night we just uh, laid low and hung out and uh you know saw a little bit more of the sites and, and i'm glad for that but you know we had we had a blast and uh, i was already committed luckily so um, we were trying to just talk to a few of the guys and see if we can get more recruits and you know we had a lot of a lot of good athletes coming through the doors those days and we still do so um yeah it was it was it was a time so what, what's your What's your first year without Matt Bernstein like? You, okay, so I've heard sad. you before you, or after. You were before probably, you got there or after. You were it was probably, sadness oh, I didn't know true. you, and then it was happiness that I didn't have to see you again. You, <laughs> you were probably one of the reasons we got kicked out of the towers two years after. I think you were the start. So allegedly, no. allegedly, no. no. James, you used to come over and do some things that I could not believe a human. We used to throw stuff at the other tower, like um, like huge balls of um, oh yeah, toilet paper and get stuck. And that would be there for like a month or two months stuck on the wall. Snowballs. You just bring garbage cans of snowballs up. And you would always, you'd, do, you'd have to be smart and throw them down though, so that when they looked, they couldn't see you. The first thing I think you, you, you did. You live with AD. Like you were over with. Like, no. it, wouldn't AD come over? AD would, would cause a ruckus on State Street. AD, but AD lived with Tony. This he one, did. And he, and, you, and he was a terror. A, a te- he terrorized people there, too. Yeah. You terrorized people. And then you came back, and the first thing you did was be like, you guys have a screen on your window? <laughs> and then you took it off immediately to start throwing things out of the window at the I took the screen off. Year? I took the screen off. It's like putting the matches and kerosene next to each other. Yeah. And just bad. waiting for you guys to make those decisions. Yeah. The only person who had to pay for that later was me because they're like, well, what's your screen doing off? You're like, uh, what are you going to say? Matt Shaver did it. No one's going to care. Who is that guy? Yeah, who's that guy? <laughs> um, but wait, but what was your first year like? Um, you know, how'd you get in with the group you got into? Because then I got into that group. So I, I love to hear these these stories. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, like when your first summer there, when you come in you're there for workouts, you, you stay at the region. Um, it's nice and close. It's acclimated. You, you have the workouts all the time. Um, so I was, I was paired up with Mark Bell, a tight end of ours. And, um, one of the first few days we're out throwing, just doing routes and stuff like that on one of our off days. And we come back to the, the region and he's, I'm holding the football and he keeps knocking it out of my hand. And for anybody that doesn't know Mark at the time, Mark is six, five and two fifty five. He's a, a big dude. And he's not. And so finally, I'm like, dude, knock it out of my hand one more time and see what happens. And he and he and he's got this Mark Bell giggle. And you're kind of doing it right now. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. You know exactly what I'm talking about. He does this Mark Bell giggle and he waits and he knocks it out one more time. And I turn and I haul off and slug him square in the chest. And we have this little this little brouhaha. And so he's got me bound up and he's got his arm around me. He's bigger than me and he's holding me down. And so I grab a, a folding chair, kind of like the WWF face, and I'm hitting him over the head like this with the chair. And he finally lets go. I'm like, truce. I'm like, we're done. Let's go back to our room. He's like, fine. So he takes the elevator. I take the stairs. I think we were on like the seventh, sixth or seventh floor at the time. By the time we got to the seventh floor, we were best friends. 
because he had, he had poked the bear enough that I, I stood up for myself and he, I think he respected that. And that's kind of the way that all Wisconsin athletes work is they're real humble. They know their, they know their capabilities. They know their limitations. Um, but then when the game comes on, it's it, when you get punched in the mouth, you punch it back twice as hard. Um, and I've heard you guys talking on here a bunch, like, you know, I work with clink now in the fire department, perfect example of a guy that when you're on the football field, do not get in his way. But the minute you're done, he'll take the shirt off his back. He'll give you the last five bucks out of his wallet. You were one of those guys. We've always mentioned it. I've seen it firsthand, you know, where you and I could have great times. And then you and I over laundry would have a fight in the, in the stairwell at the old house on West. <laughs> Cause I didn't move my laundry out fast enough. We have a big fight over it. But that's that's how we are, you know. Wisconsin athletes and, and football in particular, we're tough, hard nosed, hardworking. You know, people don't give us the time of day. I can't remember the last time that that we've had a recruiting class that's in the top twenty. We're always in the mid fifties, and then we end up going and, and winning Big Ten championships and Rose Bowls. And it's people that they might get overlooked for one reason or another, but they've got all the best attributes that you need, and they buy in and they work hard. And in the end, you kick butt. Why does that? keep happening like what what accounts for that then if you know if, I, if they don't have the t- if they don't have the quote-unquote talent and that's also reflected and if you look how many tw- top 25 finishes wisconsin has versus how many guys they get like even drafted in the league right yeah. they, kids under they, you know kids per- outperform their drafter and you're yep. not getting drafted again i mean we're seeing it already with jack sanborn and the bears best player on the entire team in the preseason undrafted of course absolute stud so, absolute stud Oh, yeah, but yeah, why does that happen? Is is that does that come from Barry? Does that come from like the entire structure of the organization? Like what makes that keep reoccurring? Well, and I, I mean that's another conversation you could have for another time. And um, I mean that could be a whole a whole month of of podcast about it. But I just I I don't take much stock in the quote unquote ESPN three hundred, and I don't take much stock in you know back in my day it was a big Tom Lemmings were the big ones and. I think it's all arbitrary. You know, you might not see enough film of a guy. You might, uh, you might rank somebody highly just because you heard somebody else rank them highly. And, and you don't even put the time in and watch the film. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a, has anything to do with the lack of talent at Wisconsin. I think there's plenty of talent at Wisconsin, but it's the same thing every year. Look, look at us again, you know, we're ranked in the 20th. We always start in the twenties in the AP top 10. We take all oh, you're trying to build our way up. And we might be eight and zero, and we make it to eighth, and we lose to Ohio State on the road, who's number one, twenty four to twenty three, and then we're back down to twenty nine. You know, <clears throat> there's there's some sort of magical spell on Wisconsin where people don't want to give us our due, and um, that's fine. Let them let them keep doing it because once you come to Madison, once you see the facilities, once you see the coaches, once you see the tradition, once you see all the guys that we keep putting in the league, that's all that matters. And when you get in here and you do things the right way, and you realize you can have some success. And you can be rewarded for that. People know, and that's the only thing you really need to know. The coaches here and, and the athletes that are coming in, if they know and they believe in themselves, that's all we need. And I'll keep. I'd rather take that any day of the week over having a top ten recruiting class and going, you know, six and six. So let's keep chugging along. Keep keep having <laughs> one of the best winning percentages of the Big Ten. Well, and I think I think what also is reflective of that is the fact that they have so many alumni as coaches. Mm so many former Badgers come back and coach there and keep the culture coming. Yeah. If I had to take a guess, I mean, we lived it. I would say it's the culture is what, you know, it's the, you get into a locker room, you're with dudes who are five years older than you maybe, 
but take you under your wing and want to be a part of your experience there, whether they know it or not, or they just want to hang out with you and, you know, drink beer and just do whatever. But like we were partying with Mark Anelli and Jake Sprague and Brooks all the, I mean, I was all the time. Um, and they're like, dude, we're having a party at our house. You have to be there. And it wasn't like you, you can maybe come if you don't want. No, it's like, dude, you have to be there. So I think the culture, so, you know, the culture outside of football is we're hanging out as a group. We're going to have a good time as a group and nothing's going to happen to our group. Like we're going to all be there for each other. And I think, you know, as you come in, all the older guys kind of build that. And then you get on the field and it's as much fun as you had on Friday night, like Saturday practice or Monday morning lift or whatever it is. The culture is dead serious. We're here for a reason. We're not, you know, like a lot of guys weren't screwing around when, you know, like on Saturday night, we're doing a lot of terrible things. And then on Monday, we are locked in. So I think that's a kind of an interesting culture. And then you do everything with your friends, like whoever lived not with three other football players. Like I, there's nobody. So, I mean, at least that I can remember, I'm sure other people did it, but really it's, it is like the wolf pack mentality of we're all together. Dude, shapes you, me, Mark, Katula, who else? Um, Pashoti, we're just going up and down Langdon and Westwash on scooters like we were crazy. And nobody could mess with one of us because then there was yeah. everyone else was coming. It was everywhere you went, there was more than one of you. And and it's it's a great thing because sometimes people got, you know, they, they don't like athletes. They get, you got a target on your back. So it's there for protection. Sometimes you're there making new friends. I mean, when, when you've got five dudes hanging out, you're bound to meet new people, you know. Um, and that's what college is all about. Like I said before, the, the window of when you can just be a student and, and just be a kid and just have like six hours to yourself to go have fun and meet new people and go to the union and hang out. I mean, we, I look back and there's times that I'm like, man, I think I only went to Memorial Union like four times because every moment of every day was, was athletics driven or, you, you know, you're down in the fets, you're doing your homework or you got film study or, you know, all the, all the kids go home at, at, at winter break and, and you're prepping, you get 48 hours for, you know, the holidays with your family and you're back and you've got two and a half weeks of bowl practice. Cause even though the bowl is, you know, January 1st, the practice has got to start December 19th. <laughs> you know, they get the, the coaches get that head start on spring ball and see where guys can be in it. And, you know, if you're kind of on the edge, it's a good time for you. You can, you know, I was watching the first you know, few episodes of the camp and it kind of, it made me giggle to hear coach Chris say ball out. <laughs> I never thought I would hear those words come out of his mouth that way, but I love it. You know, we've got some swagger going now and, and we've had some coaching changes and I think guys are in the right spots and everything coming out of their mouths at camp right now is, is what you want to hear. And if we can just get a little bit of that explosiveness back, a little bit of that swagger, a little bit of that, you know, the 2000, what was it? Seven to 14. I mean, we were averaging almost 40 points a game. If we can get back to that and doing it a bunch of different ways, people are going to be really, really, really scared of us. Well, I think part of that identity coming back is going to be the return of Bob Bostad on the offensive line. Uh, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a unique guy. I love mm -hmm. Coach Bostad just from afar. Like, I, I just think he's like a good type of psycho. And I, I just, like I, I, just like exactly, exactly, <laughs> just like me. So skosh. Yeah, just a but no. I, I, going back to what you said about Coach Chris, though. The first time I got that inkling was in the bowl game against Miami when he goes turnover chain my ass. Oh, I um, love it. And love that it. was I can't watch that clip enough. Love it. See, I want to see more of that Paul Christ, right? I think that's kind of what we all want because I I feel like at that same time, like 
when he has that little bit of an edge, I feel like his his play calling got a lot mm-hmm. more creative. That's when you saw a lot more pre-step movement and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting to see how Bobby Ingram comes in this year and incorporates probably a new, you know, a, a relatively yeah. new system. The onus is going to be on Graham Mertz. You're a quarterback. You watch Graham Mertz. I'm sure you've seen every snap that he's taken in in college football. So oh, I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. What do you? <laughs> Um, do you think that he can take the next step forward this year as a, you know, after let's face it, a pretty rough sophomore season? Yeah. So we were at the Notre Dame game, um, down in Chicago. That was a no brainer for us to go down there, being a bears fan, being from the area. Like I had to go see that one. And, um, the one thing that stood out to me were, there was two things. One, the, the decision-making process and everything needs to be sped up, you know, Matt knows from Brian White, every, he would do this all day, every day. Like everything's got to be moving. You've got to be a few steps ahead of everyone. And there was that rollout on the side, on their sideline and he's triple pump. And then he finally throws it. And I think we catch it like a yard short for a fourth and one. And then we don't get it. Like that ball has got to be out immediately. Uh, the other one that stood out in that game was just his footwork, climbing the pocket, understanding where people are. You can't always escape out. It's not high school anymore. These guys are 275 pounds and run four floors. So getting into the pocket, finding a hole, finding your own throwing lane, and then still being able to get the ball off. Those are huge. Towards the end of last year, you started to see him get that, which was, which was very promising for this year. I think that that's a good thing that we need to build on. Um, Cause however well he goes, the whole offense goes, you're going to have the big boys, you know, we've got running backs out the wazoo. Um, but I think they're sick and tired of having to run against eight man, nine man boxes. It's your, the linemen are always stressed. The running backs are always stressed. If you can get some big plays down the field and open that up, you'll see, uh, you know, back to the old days, a uh, uh, Braylon Allen, Chaz Malusi, double thousand yard year. Um, and one of those guys is probably going to be closer to 2000 as well. So if we can start to get that going, I think that's a big thing. And, and, uh, coach Ingram coming from you know, Baltimore, tight ends coach, but that guy's around Lamar Jackson day in and day out. I mean, that guy's around him. So hopefully we can get a little bit of that swag, a little bit of that speed, tune everything up. Um, and then like you mentioned with, with Bob going back to the O-line, I, I, I love Rudolph a lot. I think he's a great coach, but when we had that stretch where we were putting a lot of the guys into the league on the offensive line, they were coming from Bostead. So I think he's going to, he's got a lot of pieces to work with. I think uh, the, the hardest part that he's going to have to figure out is who goes where we have an embarrassment of riches on the offensive line as well. Um, and so we'll see, you know, we've got some big games to start out the year and, and some games that we should win, but I, you know, I want to see the Badgers of old where we take a really good opponent and pound on them for four quarters and win by 35 and really set yeah. that tone for the rest of the year. It'd be nice to do that at Ohio state. <sighs> we've had success there. We limited, I, limited success, I would say. No, no, at Ohio State, not the Big Ten champs. In the Big Ten championship, we have had not much success. Um, well, I was gonna say quickly, did you know when you met Jim Leonard that he was gonna be the greatest defensive mind of the 21st century? I didn't doubt it. I, I didn't doubt it. <laughs> Once he you dunked know, that basketball, he, dude. That, I was just about to say when 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 a five eight guy can win a dunk contest. That's when you know you got something special, but, but you see it in his eyes. Like you, you can talk to Jimmy. You can have a conversation with him. The the lights are on. That's a smart dude. That's, that's a confident, intelligent dude. who knows his place. 
And if you have a conversation with about football, you realize, you know, if you haven't played and you don't know what you're talking about, you're, you're out of your league, you know, stick to the easy questions. But if you really sit down and start talking football with Jimmy, you realize that, that he's 10 times out of your league. Like that's a smart dude. That guy knows what he's doing. That guy does know what he's doing. Shapes, your first day at camp, what was it like going to the seminary as a freshman? And then we could talk about years afterwards. But what was it like showing up? Like, if your experience was like mine, you basically showed up with everything you owned in Madison. I I showed up with nothing. I, well, that was I everything woeful, you owned. <laughs> woefully underprepared. <laughs> it, it, you know, back in the day, um, did they still have the freshman? Camps when you guys were going, when you came in as a you, freshman, you were there two days early. Yeah, you came yeah. a little bit early, and they they got just a quick look at you. Well, my first my first recollection is Adam Espinoza snap hooking his first ever kickoff and almost hitting Barry in the head. <laughs> and from then on, he was a marked man. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was it. That was all right for that. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, it, it, you know, you go there, and it's it's. You you literally you 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 take your stuff, you put it in your room. The rooms have no AC. It's it's tile floor, concrete walls. You know, you lamented the no door on the bathroom, which having to be with Doherty. Geez, dude, that's I wouldn't want that in a million years. But uh, <clears throat> you you feel I mean, you hit it on the head when you talked about it last night. It's you literally are on an island, and there is nothing to think about but football. And, and when you're there, it's brutal and you're tired and you're mentally and physically and emotionally exhausted. And then the last day when you pack up your stuff to leave to go back to the dorms, you wish you had another two weeks. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It's the, it's the weirdest feeling in the world that you don't want to be there. And then the day you leave, you go, hey, that wasn't that bad. It was actually really fun. Because now you get older. I mean, I'm 40 now. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Come at me. I, Come at me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I have to throw that one in there. Um, you know, you get, you get old like us, man. You got, you got jobs, you got responsibilities, you got things to do. Like what all of us wouldn't give to go back for 18 days and just be, be idiots again and play football and then do something you love and hang out with your buddies. I mean, that's, it's that's the, the biggest we play date you it. can be a part of. Oh, well, it's yeah, the biggest it's, sleepover. It's so much fun. And it's because there's nothing else, right? It's just like football, teammates. Yeah. And and you walk out going to practice and you look down the hill and you see like West Town Mall and you see the, the movie theater and you see cars driving by and you're like, man, I'd love to be those guys. <clears throat> I think the most, <laughs> I was hoping we would bring this up because I, one of the funny ones, and I don't know, were you there the year that Fast and the Furious came out? Uh, I think so. Were yeah, you? You, you would have been. <clears throat> yeah, Bernie, you would have been. We, we, so that was like one of those nights. They're like, okay, you got three hours. You can go watch a matinee at 545 and then you got to be back by 10. But I think like three quarters of the team went and watched Fast and the Furious. And then I've never seen anything funnier than a bunch of 300 pound linemen on their mopeds trying to do burnouts, racing each other in the parking lot. <laughs> the best thing ever. Because the tires are just smashed down. They're not going anywhere. Their engines are revving. They're just crying. They're like, get off me, please. <laughs> yeah, we got out of that. And I think every person in the parking lot tried doing donuts and gunning it and street raced on mopeds, which is. I don't know if you've ever seen a 28 mile an hour moped race, but it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. <clears throat> but yeah, that's, those are the, you know, you get those little tastes and you know, we can go, go through all of them, but the, you know, the, the, the video games that all the top scores were because of the kickers, you know, the kickers and punters are the top scores because they were in there all day. And uh, you know, the stakes, 
you know, the couches would bring like 300 steaks in or something like that. One of the last few days of camp and they'd be gone in no time. You know, if you're a skill guy, you take half a steak and let the lineman eat three or four a piece. And cause you knew your spot. And, um, but yeah, I, it's, I don't want to be that guy. And, you know, like the old guy on a porch, you know, sitting in his rocker saying back in my day, but that was, it was one of the hardest things you would have to go through, but it was the most fun. And, and those guys won't know that these days. Um, you know, and things have changed and, and I know you touched on it with, you know, social media and stuff like that. There's just no escape when we were there. Um, but that's like, I can't stress it enough going back. That's the coach Alvarez way. Like that's how you found out that you had a bunch of guys there that wanted to be there and wanted to fight and wanted to work and wanted to prove something. And some dudes would just disappear. Some, and some dudes would be gone. I mean, some, some dudes would, would be there a week and a half and say, no, I'm out. You know, and, and that's not only, you know, walk-ons, but that was scholarship guys. You know, they'd make it halfway through and, and next thing you know, your, you know, your roommate's gone, you know? So I, I think it was good because you, you found out who wanted to be there and who didn't. And then when you got those guys, you said, all right, let's ride. Yeah, the tough as nails, Barry Alvarez, lunch lunchbox guys is who left that seminary each year, like tuned up ready to kill. That's why you weren't allowed to go into the world that night, you know, drink beer and go to a bar. They're oh. like, no bars. No, no. So what happened? We'd all just have house parties. Yeah. <laughs> it's like completely break our leases on the first just night. Done. But It's just fine. Um, <laughs> it's just fine. We're, all, just we're fine. all contained. We're contained. Just keep it all we're around. All contained. I mean, that's really what it was. It's like, just don't show your face. But without social media, you really could do whatever you wanted. Nobody really knew unless you were yeah. a complete idiot. Um, and there's... I, oh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's some good to that. You know, it's, there's the good and the bad. The bad is everybody documents every second of, of every minute of every day. Like it, it, there, people want to put that out there and, and there's nowhere to hide. Um, but then there was the good thing of back then, we didn't have to worry about that stuff. You know, you just, you just hung out with your friends and you made personal relationships and, and you figured out like where you could trust one person in one spot and another person in another. And, you know, you had a little bit of that anonymity and, and could go out and just, just live your own lives and, and not be pulling anything else. And, um, you know, these days you see just everybody's on social media and they're in games and, you know, you've got the Antonio Browns of the world who are <laughs> probably on his phone in the, in the huddle, you know, and, and hiding it. And, um, there was a major league baseball player like two nights ago who slid into pocket. third base was, and his, yeah. his phone about Melvin Gordon. Did you guys see the thing about it, uh, about Melvin Gordon had his phone in his sock at Broncos training camp and someone reported that he had like a brace on his foot because they thought when they saw from the sideline <laughs> and then he went on Twitter and was like, bro, that's my cell phone. From my... <laughs> Here's my I do not have a wrap on my foot. It's my cell phone. There's something to be said, though, when you said like, hey, I'll be at Wando's later. Literally, that's all the information you had as a friend. And then you just did what you did or you went to Wando's to see people it's kind of it's kind of like we'll say we'll always say like we're part of that generation that had no cell phone and then all of a sudden had cell phones I think it's really cool but at the same time like we didn't have this stuff so you weren't filming it you were literally living in the moment yeah. when people showed up to a party you hung out with them like it was just it was really fun um I'm just remembering some of the times like we left camp we broke camp and it was like just straight James let's jump though after my freshman year, then it becomes we live together. After my sophomore year at that place on Hap, what, what, where was it? Um, West next Wash. to no, we but we lived in the summer. I lived in Mark Bell's room next to Gamma Gamma Beta. No, oh, Gamma Kappa, Phi. Kappa. 
Kappa. <clears throat> yeah, North Henry. That place was hilarious. Remember, we had to move out of there at camp, and the coaches were like, "How much? How much time you guys need?" We're like, "To move five people out of this place to yeah. get the truck." They're like, "Okay, you need a couple hours." And remember, we were there to like midnight doing it. We threw so many things out windows. Like we oh just had God. like a bucket brigade. Like guys would be standing on the first floor. We would just chuck stuff out the window and throw it in the truck. There was no Tetris going on. There was no like maneuvering of pieces to get as many pieces as we could. It was just throw it into the pile and then do the complete opposite wherever we were going. Yeah, I, I love that one. That was always fun. That was hard. <laughs> when we broke camp that day, we had we didn't move in. So our place was we just had boxes everywhere. Yeah. Remember we had it, we had a huge keg party. We were charging people we didn't know. Mark, Mark at the door is like, give me five bucks if I don't know you. I don't know how these people knew where why they should come to our place. Oh. Packed house. Do you remember our landlord comes? He's like, you guys are having a keg party. We're like, no. You, Mark was the best liar, too. And he was like, no, we're not. And they're like, produce some cans. <laughs> Do you remember like we went through the house and we found like a Pepsi can and like a Coors Light can? And we walked out there like, this is what we got. The guy's like, you have like 500 people here who are just drinking two yeah, beers. I think, yeah, I think he found, I think he found like five cans. <laughs> And he taped he taped just like the tapper to the outside of the fridge and said it was a kegerator. <laughs> That's right, because you couldn't oh, yeah. have more than 10 people and you couldn't have a keg. We did not get we actually just got a, a little bit of trouble. We didn't really get in any trouble. Well, no, we 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 were just, you know, we were fun, friendly. I mean, our you know, if we called up two people, 200 would show up. Because yeah. everybody just want to hang out with us. I mean, and, and it was mostly you. No one wanted to see me or Bella Pashodi. They're there just to see you. They're like, oh, Bernie's there? Yeah, we're going. <laughs> but no, the, you know, for to speak of Madison as, as a city and a great place, and like, why would you not want to come play football there? That that party, we're out on, on the sidewalk, you know, at six o'clock in the afternoon on a, on a August day, beautiful Madison day. We're just playing beer pong, hanging out. You know, the cops walk by and they stop us. They're like, "What are you guys doing?" We're like playing beer pong, like seven hundred thousand other students in the city. And uh, the guy looks and he looks down, he points at the sidewalk. And yeah. He's like, can you move it three feet to the left? We're like, uh, sure. We move it out of the grass. He's like, all right, have a good day. Like, oh, you okay. couldn't be on the, on the, <laughs> you couldn't uh, be on the, the street side of, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, of the grass. But it, I mean, there was a hundred people in that yard and music was blaring and people were having a great time and everybody behaved, you know, we were just a bunch of kids having fun. And I know that there was a lot of like the freshmen had kind of migrated over to that. And a lot of the new guys that, that were going to be there that fall, we invited them over and said, yeah, come on by. And they looked at that and like, this is where I want to be. Like, like, you know, and I don't want to bad mouth places, but I will. Uh, my, my good buddy is a Purdue guy and we've been to Purdue. And if you're not in a fraternity at Purdue, there's really not much to do. Purdue's not really a, a crazy city to, to party in. Um, you know, Northwestern, Evanston's not, not. Uh, uh, you know, the, the epicenter of, of craziness and you've got Chicago, which is so expensive. Why would you want to go there more than twice a week? But I mean, Madison really does have the best of everything. And when you're an athlete and you combine, you see that, I mean, it's, they get their hooks in you and they don't let go. I mean, I don't know how you can look at that and say, yeah, I don't want to come here and be a part of this. Dude, totally shaped. What is some of the craziest, well, we could always go into that year was bananas. Didn't, were you there with me when we were giggling and Mark Bell kicked the door down, the metal door in the back of the house, which I thought the fire couldn't door? be broken? The, the fire couldn't door be that was steel reinforced and had it, like three deadbolts to be able to Because remember, we were outside. It was actually you and me like knocking on the door. He would knock on. He's like, guys, I'm not playing anymore. It's the same thing. And then we're giggling and he just kicked the door down. Well, the, well, the best was you telling him, 
he was like, let me in. And you kept yelling at him, no, no, let me out. I can't get out. <laughs> and he was like, unlock it. And you're like, no, you got to unlock it. I'm not, the lock is on your side. And then finally, after like five times of telling him that, like, you just hear that big foot thunk. And I'm like, oh, God. But it was it also was another cold. scary about it. So it we was. tried to lean it. We tried to lean it up. It was freezing in our place. That, yeah, I know. I was the first bedroom next to it, so I appreciate that. Oh my god, it's too funny. Uh, and we had Nate Howard living up upstairs too. Yeah, you took over his room, right? I no, think he had that little closet that he. I took over. Oh, yeah, I was porch. on the other. Yeah, the other yeah. one. Oh man, I just remember you would play Halo like twenty three hours a day. That was it. Like we couldn't get you out of that room. At one point, we thought we were, you were dead. We had to send like a search party in for you. You're surrounded by Mountain Dew and, and Doritos and Halo yep. controllers. During the week, I never left my room. But also, our place, had like tw- Dude, our place had like 15 <laughs> rat traps, and like they were all doubled. Like there was two mice in every one of them. Yeah. Our bar- has, I drive by that at work, and I'm just shocked the house is still standing. Yeah, I am very shocked. With I, you having lived there, I'm surprised it's still standing. The rest of us, the rest of us, would put it back together for you when Hurricane Bernie went through. But what are you did you guys about? ever get a uh, your like your, what? Not lease down payment. What's the your what, deposit? The, your deposit back on a house? Yeah, yeah. You did because we would fix it. Oh yeah, we would fix everything. <laughs> That's impressive. I don't yeah. know how you fix a door. I, I lived. I I lived with wrestlers. I made that mistake, and uh, we never got a we never got a dime back. Well, we would hang out with our the one of the management people. Remember Walt? Oh, yeah. We would hang out with Walt, and he would just be like, all right, I'll fix some of these things. Like, Thank you. Also, guys, Walt. we were football players, and they were just – they would kind of fix it and be like, okay with it. Also, you want Barry calling you? Like, nobody wants Barry to call you. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, want Clay calling me. I don't want – I mean, I want Clay calling me. I just don't want it for a bad reason. Yeah. I uh, so you keep making it out like we were these terrible guys. We, we no, weren't that bad. No, we, I'm saying we had the best time. Fun. And again, this is only like six times a year because you only have like six Saturdays of the year when you can like <laughs> actually have fun and do stuff. Um, I remember my my one of my crazier ones, and I, I don't, I know that Mark showed up, and I think Tony showed up. You might have been with him too, but I mean, obviously, everybody knows me for one thing, and that's throwing footballs to the Evans for touchdowns against Ohio State. The best part about that night was at about 2.45, it's A-bars going on. We lived on West Wash. Like, I'm just wandering around. You know, you do all the interviews and you get done, and I think I got the Wando's at like quarter to two. I think I had a beer and then was like, I'm just going to wander around. I don't feel like going to sleep. You know, I'm all fired up. And uh, I just start walking down lane, and I see these lights on in one of the houses, and they're watching Sports Center. And I'm like, I'm going to go in and be nice and ask for a beer. I need another beer. It's a big night. I want to celebrate. So I knock on the door. I'm like, hey, are you guys like having an A-bar? They're like, well, kind of. Why? I'm like, well, I'm having a long night. I just need like a beer. And they're like, yeah, sure. So I sit down. I'm watching Sports Center, And they, you know, of course, show the highlights on, on ESPN that night. And I turn and look at the next man. I'm like, that was crazy, wasn't it? And the guy's like, yeah, it was awesome. Crazy night. It was awesome. Like, it's been awesome. This is a great day. You know, it's a huge win. I'm like, you know who that guy is, right? And he was like, no. I was like, that was me. And he goes, bullshit. I thought, oh, pull the wallet out and show him. He's like, oh, my God. That's like, he goes nuts for five straight minutes. Disappears into the kitchen. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? 15 minutes later, the house is full of people. And the music is on full blast. There, there's beers everywhere. And I just remember bumping into Bell and Tony. 
And they're like, the hell are you doing here? I'm like, the hell are you doing here? And I told them the story. They're like, oh, my God. So we stayed there till you know, 4, 4.30 in the morning, went home when the sun came up. But the best was Coach Alvarez gave us the next day off. So we were gone. Like, we we put that. And did we go to the lodge? We did, like, ATVing and stuff like that. I yeah, thought we went down to we Bell Place and, like, had a blast. Like, that was one of the best 48 hours. But, yeah, I mean, that's Madison for you, man. You could, you know, you wander to somebody's random house and say, hey, what's up? Give me a beer. They go, okay. The lodge. <laughs> So shapes walk us through that that night and that experience for you because that is a listen dude it's a huge moment in wisconsin history i mean what is it it's a camp randall 100 will probably forever be up there as as one of these top plays one how does that make you feel i think it's so awesome and two just walk us through like what that whole night was like yeah i mean that's you can never describe how cool that is you know i've uh, Everybody goes to college, they want to be a four-year starter, they want to make the league, and they want to do all that. And my path didn't take that trajectory, but I was able to to be ready when the team needed me and be part of one of the biggest wins in, in Camp Randall history and program history. <clears throat> um, like, I, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's probably got me back to Madison. It's got me in a dream job, a job that I couldn't picture myself doing anything else. I absolutely love it. And so, you know, part of it is, is your own personal experience and hard work, and part of it is kind of the universe just all coming together. And um, you know, I still, sometimes you get a little, um, you know, worn out of people always thinking for the one thing. Um, but then like my dad always reminds me, like, that's a hell of a one thing. So, um, but yeah, kind of rewind. So my very first touchdown came my redshirt freshman year. Brooks had gotten hurt. Sorgi was starting. Scott Willie gotten hurt. So I was the backup against Michigan State. And my first three plays in college were a handoff, a tipped pass, and then a 70-yard touchdown to Lee down the sideline against Michigan state. So he and I must've had some sort of connection where I knew where he was going to be. And I mean, if you got that thing within a 10 foot radius of that guy, he wasn't going to drop it. I mean, he was a phenomenal receiver. Um, so yeah, just going into that week, like we had the t-shirts and the rubber bands and coach white, your guy was, was big on the slogans and big on the traditions. And there was just something different about that week. There was, there was uh, a calm confidence to everybody. Um, I think on like Thursday though, like coach Alvarez, wasn't happy with practice. We didn't look too sharp either like Thursday walkthrough or Friday, one of the two. And I think he was the only person at that time that you saw a week say like, yeah, this is not looking good. Everybody else was, was calm. They were working hard. We were dialed in. We love having them at our place, you know, night games in, in Madison. Are you kidding me? Like those are, those are awesome. Um, <clears throat> which reminds me of last year. I don't know why we had to play so many 11 o'clock and noon games. We need more, we need more night games in Madison. We're starting to get this a little bit more, but um, yeah, that night was, was, was awesome. You know, we, the defense played phenomenally. Um, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of good guys on that defense and they, they played their butts off a lot, but that was, that was something else. That was a different level. And every time you needed to stop on third one, they got it. Every time you needed a sack on, on third and sixth, they got it. Jimmy had a big pick. Special teams were, were clicking on, on all cylinders that night. Um, that place was rocking. I've never heard it that loud or, or that crazy. Um, so, yeah, we go into halftime. And I think we're up 10-3 at halftime. We had a lead at halftime, if I remember right. And I just had this weird feeling. It was cold. It was windy. It was rainy. Uh, I went in and I stood under the shower air dryers because my uniform felt like it was 500 pounds and so I stood on that and just got warm and dry and I'm like I just have this feeling that they're going to need me for something later and, and sure enough you know uh, Sorgi gets hurt we come in um, I'm a big Bears guy so I like to remind people that on third and 11 I juked out AJ Hawk a future Packer uh, on a QB draw just put that one out there for you 
and then on, on the play, you were there, man. You got a, a front row view of it and actually got a front review of somebody's pads because you did a great job locking on that one. And dude, I was second <laughs> option. I was the only dude, that's a two two receiver route. I'm the second yep. guy. You could have thrown it to me and really solidified yourself completely in the opposite way. Well, I would have had to throw it underhand for you in order to <laughs> Dude, it was what was it? It's like um you I, I I lined up in the backfield, I motioned to the wing, and it's Ooh. a sluggo for Lee, so it's a slant and go, right? Or an out and up. Yeah, they called it um Uh-oh. they called it oh geez. Look at how fat I am. <laughs> look at how old that video looks, man. Damn, look at look, see look, nice little motion. Super yeah. lazy. Probably they're watching know, Bernie. They're like, wherever the fullback goes, the ball goes. Oh, it's just and beautiful. Then but James, you and, have to admit that was the best. Like you couldn't have thrown it any better. Well, people like to remind me that he slowed down like a half a step. And I've seen people throw that route three three rows deep into the stands before and missed it completely. So I'd rather have him be a, a half a step slow and make sure he catches it. Then overthrow it or underthrow or you know throw it out of bounds. Well, to be um, fair, it's really hard to overthrow Lee Evans. It's it is. really hard to overthrow him. It is. Uh, though crazy, like I said, though the wind though that night. I mean, it, I, there was a point when I was standing on the fifty yard line. And I looked to the left, and the wind was blowing at me. And then I looked the other way, and it's blowing this way. So it literally was swirling that night. So at any moment, it could have changed. So you know, that's all I was ripping. I was putting it on him, and I almost didn't go to him because you've got Gamble, who's an All American corner. And that guy was phenomenal. And I'm dropping back, and he's so far off. I'm like, there's absolutely no way we're going to get this. And I think Darren was on the backside. And I start, and I remember looking. I started to turn my head to look at the backside to go to Darren. And as I did that, I just see this gray flash go by, and I knew that was Chris. And so then I just shot back, and Lee's, I, there was no one in the way. You could see him perfectly. I'm like, all right, just put it on him. And, you know, he does that, and he scores. And Lee always had that thing where he'd score. And he'd do the he'd do the guns, he'd do the double point, but he'd get on like his toes. But if you looked at that again, like I think he almost got off the ground on that one. <laughs> he put a little something extra to that one, and he'd do that. And you see him, and he, and he hits it, and man, it still gets you fired up to this day to see him. And, and that must have been fun, you know. It's one thing if you go towards the field house, but to be able to catch that ball and run it straight in the student section, and all you see are those faces. I mean, that must have been something else too to be able to witness that from his point of view. It's one listen. It's one of the coolest plays I've ever seen or been a part of. I mean, how could it how would it not be? We beat 18 and 0 defending national champions, Ohio State at home. You threw the winning pass. What AD was hurt, Dwayne was out, and then Booker's running. Booker had a game. You yeah. know, like we were all blocking and and dude, the O-line stepped up big time. Like you mentioned the defense. The defense was phenomenal. Yeah. But it's like you're right. Everyone was going bananas. And there's nothing like winning a game. And watching Coach White come down with all his ticks and all his craziness and just getting so fired up and not knowing, like, he's the guy who would hug you and slap you on your back, like, three times as hard as you really should. You know, like, he, was, like, he was slapping your face three times. <laughs> <laughs> he would, I don't know how he didn't blow a knee out because he was always jumping on people's heads. And, you know, he'd get AD and he'd go over the top of him. He's so short. He'd get up there and he'd get on his shoulders and he'd play like a leapfrog on him. I don't know how he was ever injured. I don't know. Listen, there's nothing like getting a day off because you just did something on a Sunday. Yeah. And I'm a Cubs fan. I just remember looking at, I think it was midway through the second quarter, and they showed the Cubs score. The Cubs had won like 8-3 to go up 3-1 on the Marlins, and they were that close to getting to the World Series. And I remember I was standing on like 
the home side of the 20 and bells on like the opposite 30. And both of us walked onto the field during a TV timeout and we made eye contact and just gave like the double fist bump. And I was like, there's no way this night could get any better than that. Needless <laughs> <laughs> to say it did. <clears throat> and I and I do want to remind you, because you know Anne. So my wife to this day never saw it live because she went home at halftime because she was too cold. And I remind her of that every time I can. I say, oh wow. Huge Badger fan. How you go at halftime? Oh, it was cold. So she'll listen to this or she'll watch this and she'll see it again. And I'm sure I'm going to be in the doghouse, but I like to remind her that whenever I can. That's okay. And you're in, you're in good company because I tell my wife that she probably was too drunk to go to any games. Sorry, um, Allie's mom, Carrie, but it might have happened. She's like, no, I saw your game too, the Penn State game. I'm like, are you sure? Was it nighttime? Was it daytime? Like, yes, like a few, you know, prying questions. She's like, yeah. I don't know. I was Is drinking it? before the game. Is it bad that I showed Bowden the like the highlights of that game, and on your first hurdle he giggled? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think he I don't think you expected a body of that frame or stature to hurdle not only once but twice, three times. I don't <clears> think anyone times. did. I don't, I don't think, so think even Penn State their whole defense didn't think it could happen. Can you imagine the the film day on Monday when those guys watch that? No, they're like, bro, you let this guy go over you. Actually, you let the guy, you never let the guy with no it. neck hurdle you. Yeah, I've never thought about it. <laughs> uh, I, I've never thought about it from that. Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude, this room let this two hundred and seventy pound guy runs a four eight at best, maybe four seven nine at four best. eight twenty four eight ten split. <laughs> he could chug a beer well, faster. Geez, he could yeah, chug a twelve pack. Uh, yeah, you could probably drink more beers. <laughs> In the time it takes to run a forty. Oh, well, I, I want to put this out there because because I don't think people get to to give you much. I'm gonna put you on the hot seat though. Ooh. Not much of a hot seat, but true true or false? Alex called Dr. Bernstein and asked for bail money and was actually granted bail money for climbing on the uprights after oh, the game. No, so uh, half true. He didn't get in trouble <laughs> for being on the on the on the. He said he was going to be the first one up there, and he was. <laughs> He actually got arrested for inciting a riot because he said, if we win, he was screaming, we're going to rush the field if we win. And the cops like, dude, come here, come down here. And he arrested him and they put him in the drunk tank. And eventually, like halfway through, the, I guess at the end of the game, they're like getting people out. So he's like, he walked. So this is how ridiculous it is. Alex got walked down to the main level because that's remember, you could walk around the, the floor. Yeah. I mean, the field. And the guy, there's like 10 seconds left and, the, and they radio in the cops saying, hey, you got to get back to your, get back here. Like, this place is going to erupt. And actually, <clears throat> he goes, walk out of that gate over there by the and field. Unattended. Yeah, that'll work. Unattended. So Alex is like this five seconds of just jumped over and was the first one on the field. First one at the goalpost. The only one standing up. It made Sports Center. Like, it, it was the paper, nuts. the picture of it. He's it was everywhere. On it. Like, he was, yeah. So here's the best. My dad was very not happy about <laughs> Obviously, my brother getting arrested in the stadium. But then um, was it uh, Chancellor Willie Wiley Wiley sent him a letter like you're you're on probation, yada, yada, yada. It's a long letter. It looks just like your acceptance letter. So my dad framed the acceptance letter next to the you're on probation letter from the chancellor. It's, it's in our house somewhere. <laughs> you know what you need to do? Get him a fathead of it. Let them open it up. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that Does fat awesome. still even exist? I don't know. Do they? 
They should. There's probably there's probably seven thousand other companies on the internet. If it did, I'd have a big fat head of me right here on this wall. That has nothing. Of you too. How about the picture of you in your black pants and your tank top? That's the one I want to see. James, like an extra from an episode of The Sopranos. You you don't get it. I could probably. I have all of these hard copy photos of us at my house. Uh, like literally a thousand of them. So I can find a bunch of good ones of us. The you Apple let me River, know what I need to Venmo you to make those disappear. Yeah, <laughs> dude, they're not. Listen, they're not coming out in the light of day. Um, I mean, shapes. We, I just, it's just so funny because we had so many experiences together. We hung out every weekend. We did crazy things. We went to the lodge to shoot guns, and you know, I'm not a really uh, a hunter, but we shot. What's what is it called? Uh, where they throw those cl- that we clay hunted. Yeah, yeah, they had like the five station skeet range and shot a bunch of pigeons and stuff. And- They're just like go up there and shoot as much as you can because we're getting rid of these things. And I couldn't feel my shoulders at the end of it. Yeah, that was the worst. There was like three thousand rounds, and like five thousand pigeons. Yeah, the guys like, were like shoot them we, all. We need to get up. Yeah, we need to get rid of them. Like we're selling <laughs> this land and we're going to develop it. Like you need to get rid. And I remember just walking in like the next week, my arm was like that dead. After the <clears throat> eagle, when we went to um, what was the river called? Apple River. The Apple River. They're like, do you want to go back up? I think it was you. You're no. like, do you want to go back up? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> Stupidest thing I've ever done. Remember in the van going back, I'm jumping into people's uh I was I went, I lost my mind that that day. But then um I got so sunburnt on my back that I was like crying on Monday doing bench press. Oh yeah. And JD's like, uh Bernie, you're all right. And I'm like <laughs> I got a sunburn. Like, when are you going to tell JD? He doesn't care. No. <laughs> that sunburn hurt for like two weeks. But, like, that was that's the, the crazy part was because who's like, I just remember of all the times we hung out too, like, it was literally a family affair. Like, your brothers would come along with us and do stuff. Mark's brothers would come. You know, we saw them how many countless times. I, I think that's still one of the coolest ones. You know, the intro now that we have is, is awesome. But I remember the old walk you do. Like you come up the stairs to the locker room, you go through that first concourse and you're just surrounded by students and the place is going nuts and you come down the ramp. Like that was, that was the coolest part of any game. And I remember seeing your brothers. I remember seeing Bell's brothers and they like put their hands up for high fives and you just absolutely destroy them. Yeah. I, th- I think I, I think I put Kevin Bell on his back like three times. <laughs> Dude, that, on the Ohio state game, Alex said I headbutted him by accident and he got a cut on his head. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I, you know, you're, you're, you're like you're like going to pet a live gorilla who's cute like teed up and i just remember <laughs> going bananas there was like a michigan fan walking by you like push him out of the way like it was mayhem at that point and it was i agree with you that is probably the coolest thing maybe i've ever done is walk through like literally your fans with no ropes like you're wow. you just walk and everyone kind of just parts I just, it was so special. Listen, I think the way they do it now is just probably is is fine, but you never have that experience of being that close with fans who are so excited yeah. to be there. Um, <clears throat> running on that field, I mean, you know, it's just outrageously exciting. Yeah, and we, you know, my my freshman year was we still had the old bowl, um, and so it was just it was just the camp. And the southeast corner was a gate that literally took you out into a parking lot. And then the next few years, they started adding, you know, the luxury boxes and new scoreboards. And they, they put in the field turf. And <clears throat> there was, a, there was a, a kind of a lull 
in interest in Wisconsin through those years, because it's hard to tell a, a 17 year old, 18 year old kid, like, imagine how cool this place is going to be in, you know, three years when this is all done. And we were still able to, to hang around and, you know, we, we didn't have the, you know, I think I had the, the distinct, you know, distinct the honor of having been for the longest time, one of the only classes that didn't go to a bowl game, you know, and was that 2001, we missed out. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, you look at it now though, and I think a lot of people kick themselves and think, man, if I would have just, you know, looked through the construction, I mean, it was literally a construction zone. There was, there was cranes everywhere and it was dirt and dust and, and, but what, what coach Alvarez did and, and, uh, what Pat Richter did and what everybody did, you know, through the foundations and through the athletic department to get those facilities for us. Um, now you, now you started to reap the benefits. You know, you've got, you know, an even bigger scoreboard. You've got the club seats down in the South end zone. Um, I think the next thing we needed to do, and, and I think everybody understands it is there needs to be kind of a main meeting place. You know, you got your rotary outside, you got Wando's tailgate on top of the parking deck, you know, you got, you know, random house parties, stuff like that. But if you could make you know, one big open spot for everybody to gather that, that excitement and that momentum will carry over into, into the games. And like I said, I think we need more night games, but that's just me. I'm, I'm partial to those. Um, <clears throat> but it is, you know, we've been named the, the best college sports town in the country for a reason. Um, and we're only getting better. Um, and I think that, you know, with, with Chris in there now, I think he's got a lot of grand aspirations as well. And um, now that he's got his feet wet and I think he's a little more comfortable. I think that there's a lot of stuff that we can we can improve on and keep it going. And because, um, you know, that the, the product on the field or the courts or, you know, the the water we've got, uh, all of our athletics departments are, are really good and, and they do a really good job and have won a lot of things over the years. So um, <clears throat> I think it's just as much and it's weird to think because as much success and how cool it's been in Wisconsin over the years. I think there's still room to grow and get even better and get even bigger. Um, and living here and being around all the time, that would be awesome. I, I tell you, that would be something to see. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hoping we can maybe pull that out. Well, listen, you're a good Matt, dude, man. You're a good dude. <laughs> I, I love the optimism too. And th that's just what I needed today. Um, so listen, we're going to have to have you back very soon because I think there's like, this is going to be like a four or five part series, I feel, because there's a lot more stories that I need to get out of you about Bernie. Um, and yeah. No, yeah, this was no. a little one sided. Bernie's trying to hold me over the coals today. I Wait, think, uh... first off, James, we for, <laughs> I, for we were great. We're great humans. We are very we great humans. We were the we most were. fun to be around. Bar none. Like if there was a vote, our group was the most fun to be around. I don't think we were negative. We weren't really trying to do damage to anything ever sometimes things happened but like we're meatheads. It wasn't, we're meatheads. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, <laughs> i don't think we actively search for fights we got into one i remember maybe more but one i remember i mean we i just think we went out and had a good time and pe it was like a wave and like yeah. you either got on the boat or like you were gonna get completely tumbled by how crazy we were gonna be yeah. and i don't think that's a bad thing i actually think it's a very positive thing I think it's just called being kids, man. You only get one shot at this. You might as well have fun and take it. But I'll tell you what, you can, right? putting you and Mark Bell together is bad news. And then somehow I came along and got right into that mix and it got even worse. And then we lived together for like a year and a half. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make you a deal. So I, we've got a few guys flying in for the game. We talked about this before. Washington State. <clears throat> we'll all get GoPros. We'll all, we'll all get, get the day off. 
we'll tailgate, we'll have fun, we'll pretend we're 20 years old again, and then oh, we'll boy. sell it as your premium content on the podcast. How about that? <laughs> I don't want to watch that video. Because <laughs> you end up it, with you with your shirt off like it always does. The problem is no well, shirt, taking pictures in Madison, doing yoga. Poses. You know, nowadays, like, I can't get that crazy. I think like, there's just no. It's it's very hard to get to that the levels we were getting multiple days in a row. Dude, shape you you woke up at the Apple River when the tent fell on you and you were still sleeping. I did. I was tired. I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Oh, Been there. Oh my god! Too many, too many good, fun, amazing experiences. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't tell anybody. When you lived, my scooter broke one time at the at the towers, and it froze, and I had to sprint to the stadium. And that's when I go, "Hey, shaves. Hey, Tony. Can I sleep on your floor every Wednesday night or every Thursday, whatever it was? Because I had five forty six o'clock lift the next day, and I didn't trust my scooter." Do you know how uncomfortable the Regent floor is? Like, they gave you those terrible couches. They weren't even three-seaters, I don't think. So, like, I couldn't even sleep on it. Yeah, but the best part was is each bedroom had two beds, and there was also two couches. Why you slept on the floor? I don't but know. I think why. you guys put them together. I think you put them together, so it was like a big bed. No, this isn't, this isn't Step Brothers. We weren't making bunk beds. We were no, doing no, you took, in the I garage. Think you, took, you, could get one, you can get one of the beds out, like, to get it so you didn't have to have it. Dude, that was... Well, all, I can't believe I, I did that. When, when, a, when a brother asks you for help, you help him. And that's what we did. We didn't give you much, but at least we helped out a little well, bit. Well, because I think you and I were in the same lift group that morning. Or is it she or Tony I was in the lift group with? Well, all I know is that they, they created the Korean Timbers rule, which made everybody scared. Because if the lift started at 6, it really meant 545. But if Kareem was in your group, they really meant 515. <laughs> and that became so the you Joel show Nellis. Oh, yeah. Oh, Joel. Joel Dirt. You're right, dude. Sit back. I just remember sitting at 540 being like, Joel, sit back down right now. Like, I love you, but I will fight you right now for five minutes. And it's for no other reason than to just stand there with a jump rope in your hand. Like, you didn't have to yeah. do anything. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell JD anything. No, 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 no. JD told me stuff to do and I did it. I did it. Literally could have done anything for that guy. I know. I did everything for that guy. I I'll do anything no. for you, buddy. And I'll do anything for you, too. I'll see you at Washington <laughs> State. Get you your galoshes on. Gonna I be will. a wet one. <laughs> <laughs> what from the, all the beer you're drinking? Yeah, from the sweat off this guy. <laughs> hopefully, it's hopefully it's cool. <laughs> Only two people sweat when they eat. You and Babe Ruth. Charlie, <laughs> dude, that's my wife is very disgusted by my sweating ability. It's because you got that good metabolism, man. Stop having so many muscles. You know, yeah, that's what I'm. This this double muscle right here is really. It's killing it. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. I am going to take you up on that, though. I do want a part two. Dude, oh, let's well, do I mean, yes, absolutely. And uh, yes, from one Matt to two other Matt's who are all wearing red at the moment. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, make sure everyone to uh, check out our title sponsor, betonline.ag, for all of their wagering needs. And uh, until next time. Thanks so much, and on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. You could bet on me missing my flight the next day is what you could bet on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, 
Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.